One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Today is Tuesday, September 8th, 2020. On this day in 1888, the mutilated body of 47-year-old Annie Chapman was found in Whitechapel, England. Though the authorities didn't know it then, Annie was the second victim of notorious serial killer Jack the Ripper. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the gruesome murder of English sex worker Annie Chapman. Let's go back to the night of September 8, 1888, just after 1.35 a.m. In Whitechapel, England, 47-year-old Annie Chapman stepped out into the night. She was tired, drunk, and sick. She'd been battling a horrible bout of consumption for months. None of it mattered. If she wanted to earn enough money to pay for her bed at Crossingham's lodging house, she had to work. That meant finding a John. Not exactly an easy proposition this late at night. It took Annie four hours of desperate searching to find another customer. At 5.30 a.m., as the sun crept over the horizon, an eager man approached her. She forced herself to smile as he leaned towards her and softly asked, Will you? Longing to get things over with so she could retire for the night, Annie could only say yes. It was one of the last words she would ever utter. Just 30 minutes later, she was dead. It was a tragic end to a difficult life. After marrying at 28, one of Annie's children was born disabled. As was the practice at the time, she and her husband John gave the little boy up. As though that weren't bad enough, she then had to watch her other child succumb to meningitis at just 12 years old. Losing two out of three children took a toll on the Chapmans. Soon, both husband and wife looked for solace at the bottom of a bottle. Annie's alcoholism became so bad that she was frequently arrested for public drunkenness. Her husband wasn't much better. Torn apart by grief and alcohol abuse, the Chapmans decided to separate in 1885. Newly divorced and humiliated, 44-year-old Annie moved out and tried to make a life on her own. For a while, things weren't so bad. Annie earned money selling crochet work and flowers. Though she was separated from her husband, he supplemented her income by sending her 10 shillings a week. She even started a relationship with a new man. Then in 1886, John's years of alcoholism caused him to die of liver cirrhosis. Shortly after, Annie's life imploded once again. 
Once she'd stopped receiving 10 shillings a week, her boyfriend left her for more lucrative opportunities. A devastated Annie learned the hard way that she was unable to make ends meet by doing crochet work alone. She was forced to seek out other means of supporting herself, eventually turning to sex work. Though the situation was far from ideal, Annie soon attracted a reliable regular named Ted Stanley. With Ted's business, she was often able to pay for a room at Crossingham's lodging house. Desperate to keep a roof over her head, Annie worked hard to maintain her affair with Ted. For that reason, one day when he asked her to get him a bar of soap so he could bathe, she borrowed the soap from fellow Crossingham's lodger, Eliza Cooper. But when she failed to return it, Eliza threw a tantrum. She harassed Annie for days to return the soap. When Annie refused, Eliza attacked her at a local bar, punching her in the face and chest. Annie was bruised and battered after the fight. Unbeknownst to her, her luck was about to get even worse. Over the next few days, Annie hobbled around Whitechapel, still hurting from the brawl. To top it off, she was suspected to have been battling tuberculosis and syphilis as well. Perhaps it was her many ailments that caused her to once again turn to drink. Whatever the reason, in the early hours of September 8th, Annie had no money to pay for a room at Crossingham's because she'd spent it all on beer. Desperate for money, she went out into the night to find a new client. After hours of walking, at 5.30 a.m., a man in a long black coat and a deerstalker hat approached her. Half an hour later, John Davis, the occupant of a nearby apartment, found Annie Chapman's body at the foot of his building's stairwell. Her neck was slit and her chest was mutilated. Coming up, police try to track down Annie's killer. Hi, listeners. Here's a series I think you're really going to like. We all know that medical professionals are trained to give exceptional care. But what about those who use their skills not to heal, but hurt? In the new ParCast series, Medical Murders, you'll discover a disturbing diagnosis that not every doctor wants to extend your life. Every Wednesday, Medical Murders introduces you to the worst the medical community has to offer. Men and women who took an oath to save lives, but instead used their expertise to develop more sinister specialties. Join host Alastair Murden as he examines the formative years and motives of history's most infamous killers. Dissecting their medical backgrounds with expert analysis and professional insight provided by practicing MD, Dr. David Kipper. You'll investigate a wide range of heinous healthcare workers, like the general practitioner believed to be the most prolific serial killer in modern history, or the dentist who led a double life as a hitman, or even the doctor and gang member who mixed deadly potions for unhappy housewives to use on their husbands. When it comes to these true crime stories, the only thing the doctor ordered is murder. Follow Medical Murders free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee. 
Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now back to the story. On September 8, 1888, sex worker Annie Chapman was murdered in Whitechapel, England. After discovering her butchered body, John Davis ran to get help. By the time he returned to the scene with police, news of the murder had already spread. The stairwell where Annie's body lay was besieged by curious onlookers, desperate to catch a glimpse of the gruesome sight. Inspector Joseph Chandler dispersed the crowd and summoned a physician to examine Annie's body properly. The doctor determined that the damage was even more disturbing than it initially appeared. The cut to Annie's neck was so severe that it had almost severed her head from her body. Even more frightening, Annie's intestines, a portion of her stomach, and two-thirds of her bladder had been removed entirely. The killer had apparently absconded with her uterus as well. Because of this precise removal of Annie's organs, the inspector surmised that the killer was likely some sort of doctor or medical expert. But as leads went, it wasn't much to go on, and the stakes were sky high, because Annie wasn't the only Whitechapel sex worker that had been killed recently. Just eight days earlier, the body of 43-year-old Mary Ann Nichols was discovered maimed nearly beyond recognition. Like Annie, Mary's throat had been slit so violently that she was almost decapitated. The killer had also mutilated Mary's abdomen, just like Annie's. When the news that there was a serial murderer in Whitechapel leaked, panic erupted. Seeking to calm the public, the police threw every resource they had into the investigation. Since all they really knew was that the killer had an affinity for sex workers, they decided to start there. After questioning Whitechapel's working girls, one bizarre name kept coming up, Leather Apron. According to several of the women, Leather Apron was a sadistic, regular client. He often stole from the sex workers he frequented, threatening to rip the girls apart with his knife unless they turned over their money to him. The police tracked down Leather Apron, soon discovering that his real name was John Pizer. Unfortunately, after arresting him on September 10th, they learned Pizer had an airtight alibi for the night of Annie's death. They were forced to let him go. Their next suspect was a man named William Piggott. Piggott stumbled onto their radar when his landlady reported that he'd been ranting and raving about his hatred of women. After he was arrested, the inspector noticed that Piggott had a bloody bite mark on his right hand. He suspected Piggott had gotten into some sort of physical altercation recently. However, ultimately, Piggott too proved to be a dead end. None of the witnesses who'd been in the vicinity around the time of Annie's death were able to pick him out of a lineup. 
Authorities let him go. With no other witnesses or leads, they were at an impasse. Police even considered shutting the investigation down, but the killer wasn't done. One week after Annie's death, investigators received a chilling letter. It read, Dear Boss, I keep on hearing the police have caught me, but they won't fix me just yet. I've laughed when they look so clever and talk about being on the right track. The missive was signed, Jack the Ripper. While the letter is terrifying, there's debate about its authenticity to this day. Skeptics believe it was crafted by journalists so that they could sell more papers. But even if the message was phony, Jack the Ripper was very real. After killing Marianne Nichols and Annie Chapman, he went on to attack at least three more women in Whitechapel, the majority of whom are believed to have been sex workers. Most of them were mutilated as well. Then, despite Jack's consistent M.O., he suddenly stopped murdering women in 1888. As a result, police closed the investigation. It seems likely that we'll never know who Jack the Ripper was, but his legacy has endured to this day, making him one of the most terrifying serial killers of all time. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories like this, check out ParCast Original Serial Killers. Today in True Crime is a ParCast Original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast Originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast Originals, like Today in True Crime, for free, from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Abiageli Adimegu, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Killer nurses, deranged doctors, mad scientists. Don't forget to check out the new ParCast original series, Medical Murders. Every Wednesday, meet the worst the medical community has to offer. Men and women who took an oath to save lives, but instead use their expertise to develop more sinister specialties. Follow Medical Murders free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.